welcome to episode 23 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. I'm BJ. Vic. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. This was everything I wanted it to be and more. Ah, Just a couple of things for the uh, listeners. Um, uh, I, can't, I don't even know. I, I got to say, like, we're going to... We're going to probably talk over each other a lot in this episode, so apologies beforehand because, fuck, this movie was so good. I mean, yeah. Oh, giddy yeah. like a schoolgirl. Uh, also, spoilers. Spoils, spoils, spoilers. Spoilers, like spoilers, spoilers. Ah, fuck. All right. Let, well, let, let's, let, let's, start with, let's start with the, um, the not-so-fun uh, stuff first, all right? So okay. this was number two on both of our um, most anticipated movies of 2016. That's the only one. Yes. <clears throat> that we had uh, ranked at number two, or I'm sorry, ranked at the uh, at the same time or same spot. Um, it's at 91 percent right now. Uh, last time I checked earlier this afternoon, um, mm-hmm. it's got 233 positive, 24 negative, uh, of a total of 258. So who the flink are these 24 negative people can we get their addresses and like drive over there and like i got some of their house? names i got some of their names right now for the negative reviewers um <laughs> it's um it's zach snyder jeff jones ben affleck henry cavill <laughs> <laughs> those are just a few of they're them. like oh man why are we at dc yeah i know exactly um <clears throat> let's see other other boring stuff um in comparison, it's sitting at 91% versus Batman v Superman at 28%. Mm-hmm. Um, that has 90 positive reviews and 238 negative reviews. So basically the exact so like opposite. The opposite. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Thursday night, <clears throat> it pulled in $25 million on a Thursday night. That's the 10th highest ever. Just in comparison for that, just how big of a movie Star Wars was, Star Wars doubled that at about $57 oh. million. Yeah, they won't break that anytime soon. So tracking right now, it's supposed to be about 215, 215 million by the end of the weekend, which I'm not sure what that would make it. Oh, for for domestic? um, Yeah, domestic. It would make it the only fourth film in domestic history to to break 200 million in one weekend. Wow. This would be the second Marvel. So that's behind uh, uh, Force Awakens and two Avengers movies uh, already. Yeah. I oh, forget. Wait. No, no, no. No, it's not the. I, I, I know it would be the second. The it would be the second Marvel movie that busted two two fifteen. I think it was the first Avengers or the okay. second Avengers. The Force Awakens is the first movie or the number one ranked movie. Um, I can't remember what the second one was. Uh, um, Jurassic World maybe might be the second. Oh one. yeah, it's Jurassic World. Yeah, you're right. All right, so that's but, all the boring stuff. Just just numbers there. Internationally, it's already doing. It's doing two ninety one internationally, just so everyone knows. So it's it's a huge. It's going to be like half a half a billion dollars by the end of the weekend. But yeah, I think the only thing that's going to basically stop this is probably X Men coming out in two weeks. Oh my gosh, yeah, that'd be very interesting to see um, how those two are going to duke it out because Cap- th- this movie, folks, is on freaking believable. Of course, I'm sure you've all seen it. Otherwise, you should not be listening to this. Yeah, let's get into it, man. Turn this podcast off and go go watch it and then come back. Yes, yes. Um, All right, man. Who wants to go first? First reactions. uh, Well, you go first because you actually uh, are not a true nerd and had to see it today and not actually on opening night. I know, man. So (laughs) I I wanted so desperately to see it last night and I couldn't. But 
I went tonight. In fact, I just got back from the, from it. And uh, let me tell you, man, I goosebumps throughout this whole thing. It was just so well put together. Like, this is how you put together a fucking movie with tons of superheroes. This is how it's done. You know, right. they're, they're, I mean, these, these Russo brothers, they've just come out of nowhere and have created some of the best comic book movies ever made. I can honestly say, I mean, arguably, this is the best Marvel movie I've seen. It is so freaking good um, from from top to bottom, the, 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 the way it was written, the, the characters. Um, I mean, we'll go more into, you know, depth into that stuff. Um, everything just made sense. It wasn't just uh, glorified violence or, or um, over the top bullshit or just stuff that didn't belong or everything was just fluid and um, just perfectly put together. And there's some really like, like uh, intimate, heartbreaking moments. And there's like a, a lot of humor throughout it. A lot of like, I think I jumped a couple of times. It like genuinely like jumped out of my seat. Um, a couple of times I, I yelled out, fuck yeah. Or like, oh my God, like no way. Or, you know, and I, I'll, I have some of those things written down too that we'll go into depth later on. But um, all for all, I mean, all in all, man, for me, what an awesome cinematic experience. So for me, um, <clears throat> I, I can't remember the last time I had this much fun watching a movie uh, other than like The Force Awakens. But for Star Wars, it's a little different for us, or for me anyway. It's a different animal, yeah. Um, I mean, Star Wars has this whole nostalgia for me growing up with it. I didn't really grow up with any of these characters growing up. I mean, I kind of know who Hulk was, you know, and and maybe Captain America, Iron Man a little bit. But, you know, again, these are not their A-list comic book players. So I didn't really grow up with any of these players or these uh, characters. So so I think the most this, – this reminds me of the fun times 100 that I got watching the first Avengers movie. Um, yes. And, and a, a little bit of that was in the Guardians of the Galaxy as well um, and the serious – and blended in with the serious nature of the Winter Soldier. So all of those mm-hmm. all of those things blended in all together at the same time. Like you said, this this movie just moves fluidly. There's nothing there's nothing that I sat back and was like, well, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Not yet anyway. I've only mm-hmm. seen it. I've only seen it once. And it wasn't <clears throat> and I've only seen Batman v Superman once too, but there were glaring plot holes in that movie. Um for this yeah. one, I didn't think there were too many plot holes, too many forced things. Um, the only negatives we'll probably go over in this movie, in this review is probably just nitpicking. And we're talking minor, minor nitpicking. Very minor. Yeah. Um, and, oh my God, I don't even know where to start, but I mean, we'll, we'll go, we'll go into depth about some of our biggest, like eye candy moments. I think I said to you before, there was like, there were so many times where I felt like my eyes were just like jerking off in the theater because everything was so fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's a really good way of that's a good. <laughs> yeah, it's a very vulgar, great way of putting it, but yeah, like I, I, there was just so much eye candy in this movie, but like eye candy in an amazing way, and you know we always fucking just you know make fun of or talk down about Batman v Superman, but this is this movie is fucking serious. The shit that happens in this movie, there's a lot of things that are that are really. Um, like stressful to watch. Like, um, yes, the, the, you know, you understand both points of views. You understand, <clears throat> you understand. And here's the best thing that, that you, um, that you said too, that to go a little bit more in depth is that 
all these people in the, in these movies, all the superheroes or, or characters in this movie, they stay true to their character. They don't do anything out yes. of the ordinary in this movie. Like Captain America, like just to jump a little bit ahead, has Iron Man dead to rights in this in this movie. And he doesn't go against his character and fucking kill Iron Man. No. You know, he basically shuts him down so he can get get out of there. The whole that's all he wanted yeah. was to just get out with Bucky and, you know, get him away because he knew that it wasn't really Bucky the whole time. Well, I was going to say that you re- – I'm just going to reiterate what you said, uh, I think, a week ago that Captain America's only tie to his original life back in the 40s or whatever was Bucky. And, and so it makes sense that he is trying to protect his friend. You know, like he does have other friends now, but that's the the, the tie to his past. And one of the things that he was tied to the past to was Agent Carter who passes away in this movie, which – you know, in a, a pretty heartbreaking moment for him. And um, and there are times in this movie where, like, they're battling and they're upset with each other and all that. But then there were times where they stop the action to, like, talk about shit that's happening. And then they go right back to fighting again. But it's it, it's just – but it it's weird because it, it's – if you were looking at it on paper, you were like, this doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? But when you watch it, you're like, okay, I, I understand. Like, I get it. Like, I see – like, I can see this happening, you know. They're all good friends, but they're all like have really strong convictions and they all stick to them, you know, to the point where like they're beating on each other over it. You're probably, you probably have, um, you're probably shell shocked because you just got out of the theater. Um, I've had a day. I'm literally, I I was so tongue twisted when I got out of there. I I literally, I'm like, I don't even know what to say or what to do. Like, I got to do this podcast tonight. I'm probably going to be diarrhea of the mouth, (laughs) you know. Um, it's just, I, I was just so blown away. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start either. I mean, I figured we should start at the beginning of the movie and just kind of work our way through it, but I know we're going to jump all around. Let's talk about the, the plot really quick. Um, not the, not the go over every part of the plot, but the part that I really want to actually talk about, if you've liked this on Facebook out there, I posted either this week or last week, I think it was a video of the Russo brothers actually going into, um, or being interviewed by um by the people who do uh, honest trailers now oh yeah that was so why funny. that's fucking awesome is because um they watch honest trailers now if many of you don't know or any of you don't know what honest trailers is it's these are guys just like us but instead what they do is they they take a movie break it down and replay a trailer like a they actually put the green screen up there and basically they they fucking put they they put it in your face of how many plot holes are in the movie or things that don't make any goddamn sense (laughs) so the russo brothers are are actually fans of this and they actually came up with the term of like honest trailering their own movie which they did for uh civil war and it and that's fucking awesome and let me explain why because they pay attention to what fans are talking about and those guys are fans of movies like that's why those people do the things that they do in honest trailer. That's why we do the things that we do. And as much as we can't fucking stand what DC is doing, the other side of that is we want DC to do better at it. Like I would love to sit down with somebody like Zack Snyder and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like this, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. And 
What, which sounds like what, what it sounds what Warner Brothers is doing here right, <laughs> right now, actually. <laughs> but but for the Russo brothers to actually sit there and use a term like honest trailering in their own movie, so that they don't have plot holes, that makes them better filmmakers. So that pay more attention. So that fans will realize realize that like these guys actually give a shit about what we're saying or or what the fans say. Yeah, they absolutely. want to make sure that they put the best movie out there. They don't just slap something together, and I'm not saying that's what DC is doing. Right. But the fact that, like, they go out there and make sure that they don't leave any plot holes, like, oh, well, this doesn't make sense. Well, let's just leave and we'll explain it later. No. They fucking sit there and be like, well, that doesn't make sense. We'll fucking fix it before we put the movie out or before we finish the script. Yeah. So that's all I really wanted to talk about, the plot that that – that the Russo brothers did something like this that's fucking awesome. That, that something like Honest Trailers is like an underground nerd type thing, and they pay attention to it and ended up making a, a phenomenal movie. And and I don't think it's I don't think Honest Trailers played a huge part in it, but it played a little part in it. And the fact that it played even a little part of it in this multi billion dollar movie that it'd probably be is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they really took a lot of care in this movie. And we were talking earlier about um, you know we 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 brought up you and I in a conversation earlier about matrix reloaded, how they were just in that movie. It really feels like they were just trying to get to each action right. piece. They, they were, it, it, there was no, the story sucked. They're like, okay, we got to do this gobbledygook and let's get to each action piece. And you can feel the action piece coming a mile away every single time. It was really poorly put together. Then you watch this movie and you see that there's so th- this thing is really deep. There's a lot of, of depth in this story. And, I mean, the very beginning of the of the movie, to me, oh, my God, was kind of breathtaking because they did this thing with uh, – sorry, I'm, I'm just getting into the movie now. But they did this thing where it shows, like, footage from, uh, what is it, 1991 when, uh, you know, this uh, the Winter Soldier stops, stopped this, like, smashes this car up and then steals something from the – from the trunk and takes off and they kind of give you a little bit of pieces throughout the movie as to what actually transpired there because you have other, you know, they keep mentioning, you know, 1991, they keep mentioning that year over and over and over again, all the way until the very end when they actually reveal who was in that car and who the winter soldier killed to get whatever it was that was in the trunk of that right. car, which happened to be the, was it the super yeah, serum, yeah. right? That made captain America. So they wanted to make other super soldiers, like uh, Bucky and Captain America. So um, <clears throat> the, anyway, but but see, that kind of runs throughout the movie and it, it kind of serves as the plot device. And then you have Captain uh, Helmut Z- Colonel Helmut Zemo who has like this agenda and you're not quite sure what it is. And so the movie kind of, it's almost like a, I can't even describe it. It's like a espionage slash action slash drama i mean again they did something that was like just something out there that you're just not quite sure what exactly it is it's just a it's a just an amazing movie you know there's just my i took my fiance to it she fucking loved it she loved it you know there were there were all kinds of women in the in the you know in the theater just totally digging it not i mean you know women love all that kind of stuff i i'm sure but like i just noticed that Every it was for everybody. Everybody was getting into it. All the different ages. Gen- yeah, there's a matter. lot of things. There's a lot of things to love about this movie. You don't have to be a comic book fan 
to love this movie. You kind of have to be a comic book fan to get through Batman v Superman. Right. And, and, and if you're a comic book fan, this movie does service to you as well. In fact, even more so because there's, it's comic book come to life. I mean, there's so many imagery in this thing that I was like, if I wasn't so, you know, holding hands with my fiance, I would have been jumping up and down and running around and running up and down the aisles, screaming, oh, my God, giant man, what the fuck? That's awesome. You know, just I went nuts in this thing. I just went absolutely nuts. And, and some of the lines that they said and some of the imagery, I just went bonkers, you know. All right. So let's let's move. Let's move from the plot to the action, because you touched on. All right. You touched on giant man. So there were. There are three things that really stood out for me for action, okay. and I'll, I'll I'll kind of try to play in between uh, the three the three sequences, okay. the three main action sequences. The intro with um, you know where the whole thing basically takes off, uh, the story takes off is um, when they're in Africa. Yes, and who were who were the players on that one? So that would be Captain America, Falcon, Black Widow, Scarlet Witch. I don't think Vision was there. I think that was it. Yeah, I think it was just those four. And, and, and so right away, you could see that they've been practicing. They're working together. They're like they're basically training Scarlet Witch in, in the opening sequence. Yeah, um, when they're talking. He, but the part that stood out for me was um, there was this one. I don't know what your thoughts on this one part were, but or this whole action sequence. But it was Black Widow actually stood out to me in this whole sequence, and it was when. They were chasing them down to get the to get the biohazard, the bioweapon, yes. and she's fighting three guys at the same time. Oh my gosh! And the the veracity and the speed and the power that she had in that in that one fight sequence, I was like, holy shit! She just stole the show there on, on that whole. I mean, there was a lot of things going on there, but her alone was just like fucking sick. So I noticed like, um, no special effects there. No, it wasn't. Um, I noticed that the, the action, the fighting, the hand to hand combat was much more like, um, uh, it was just really fast and, and strong. And like, um, I'm trying to remember, uh, Oh, you sent me this article about how the people from John wick actually helped, the Russo brothers direct some of the action um, in the seventeen in, in the in the hangar bay. Oh, it's the, in the, the airport, airport scene, not the beginning. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, we'll scene. get to that in a second. But anyway, it was very apparent that they they changed. I don't know how they filmed some of the action. It felt like uh, Born Identity. It was just like Fast and Furious. Yes. Um, when it was when it was hand to hand combat, it felt like the Born Identity. Yeah. Just. The, I mean, I was I was so stoked. I was like, oh my god, this is so amazing. Because it was just fast and furious, and just and she just fucked people up. I mean, um, crossbones. So was that your favorite? Was that your favorite part in the beginning too? Yes, I loved it. Oh, she was amazing. I mean, every time she was kicking ass, I was like, I was looking at my fiance. I'm like, dude, look at the females are kicking fucking ass. I mean, like, look at this chick. I mean, she's just beating everybody down and and taking on multiple people. You know, like no problem. And crossbones. Um, I just. I mean, even though he just had a cameo, he was awesome. You know, um, he had that suit so he could fight Captain America, and he was actually kind of giving him a beat down there for a minute. Um, yeah. And before Cap just said, okay, we're done with this, and, like, rips his suit off practically. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that does serve as the catalyst for the movie because, you know, Scarlet Witch, um, I think, didn't he have a, a thing that he was going to detonate and blow 
something now. Yeah, Captain America missed something because he mentioned Crossbone mentioned Bucky and he fucking like lost his concentration. Oh right. He was able to, you know, set off the bomb and Scarlet Witch pretty much came over to save his ass and I don't know what she was trying well, to do. Well, she created a shield. Like- she created a shield around Crossbones so that the explosion wouldn't right. kill anybody. And then she sent him upward. And then when he blew up, it blew up half the building and killed like twelve people in there. And yeah, she didn't. She didn't throw it straight up. She threw it right into the building. Yeah, and then you could see just like the shock and and like, oh my god, what did, what just happened? What did I do? And and you're kind of feeling for it. You're like, oh man, like this is the catalyst. This is what sends everything into a spiral. This is why the government's stepping in to like, like, Hey, we need to um, put you guys in check as, as uh, Iron Man said. And so like the right. next thing you know, they're back in the, you know, they're back home and they're in this, you know, kind of room. And the, uh, the guy from, uh, I can't remember his name, but the general from credible Hulk pops in Ross, General Ross. General Ross, yeah. So that was kind of a cool that, – that was a throwback, a good throwback. So then moving into the next big action sequence after that was the fucking was – the, was the airport sequence. And holy fuck, this is the best 17 oh minutes god. of superhero movie I've ever fucking seen. Oh my god. I just want to run that scene in a loop, dude, over and over again. I just want to see that. Well, I saw, I saw it in IMAX, so – that scene was they filmed that there was the only that was the only sequence they filmed on IMAX cameras, and holy fucking shit! Oh. I mean, uh, what what's my favorite? All right, so so this is the introduction of Spider Man into the Marvel MCU mm-hmm. or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I was worried that it was going to seem forced for them trying to go to get Spider Man, and it didn't seem too forced. It, the the one nitpick I did have about the whole thing was like there was never a mention of Iron Man or Tony Stark kind of keeping an eye on him. Right. How did he know uh, who he was? Or, yeah. Right. Like how did he figure it out? Because if he can figure it out, I'm sure somebody as smart as Tony Stark could figure it. Like a villain as smart as Tony Stark. I, could I kept thinking if Spider Man, if if uh, Peter Parker didn't show up at home until way later, Tony Stark would have screwed his mom. marissa tomei is aunt may come on i'm like when is aunt may hot like when when did that happen (laughs) yeah i know so i love the part that they actually show the fact that he has like dog like the suit that he made like you barely see it on screen but you can see that it's not the spider-man suit no it's got like goggles uh, yeah like basically like like basically what a high school kid would fucking put together. And um, it's Tony Stark that upgrades him to everything. Yeah, um, he actually makes fun of him. He's like, what the hell is this? You know, like, yeah. And he finds his suit up in the, in the ceiling. He's like, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. that, was, that was awesome. Um, and then, um, but what I loved about, like, and, and, and we've talked off, off the podcast before about this, was that they actually purposely went out to find somebody who looks like they could be in high school. Um, I think Tom Holland is like 18 now. Yes. Peter Parker's actually 15 in the comic books when he first gets his powers. I think so, yeah. Because in, in, yeah, in the movie, he says he's had the powers for six months, six so months. he's 15 years old. Yeah. So he's 15 years old in the movie. In real life, he's 18. Not that big of a deal, but he will hit a growth spurt before like the second, the second Spider-Man so, movie comes out. But why that's a big deal to me anyway yeah. is because he's a kid fighting grown men and women in this movie. And the stakes are even higher when he's out there fighting 
he's a fucking kid. Yeah. And that that's why it's a big deal. Like, I mean, Sam Raimi's first two Spider-Man movies are fucking awesome, but it never it never had that one element that that Spider-Man's only 15 years old. And there's that one scene where in Spider-Man 2 where he takes his his mask gets taken off for like the 100th time. Mm-hmm. And the one, the one guy on the train is like, that guy, he's no bigger than my, he's no, he's just a kid. I'm like, your kid's 25 years old. Your kid's 30. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Your kid's 30 years old. When'd you have him? When you were like 14? Like, so, so that element, uh, and they play it up in the movie too, where Tony Stark tells him to you know, stay down twice. Yeah. And constantly um, they're referring like, who is this kid? You know, like, cause right. he, he's just like geeking out over everybody. You know, and basically, and, if you were if you were 15 years old and you were fighting these guys, you would geek out too, and that's what I loved about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he was listening. He's like, Mister Stark told me to do this, you know, kind of thing. Like he's listening to the guy, you know, he's listening to him. He's like, sorry, but you know, Tony, you know, Mister Stark told me that I need to do this, and so yeah, I he's do trying it. to get approval like a normal kid. Exactly. Would. I mean, totally. And he geeks out on people. There's three sequences with him in it that have me absolutely giddy. You know, the 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 first one was uh, when he um, when the Winter Soldier goes, to sw- you know, takes a swing at him. You've seen that in the TV spots and he catches his arm and he's like he geeks out on him. He's like, oh, mechanical arm. That's awesome, dude. You know, there's that. And right. then like the second thing was um, he's um, geeking out at Falcon's tech on what on which one Falcon's tech. Oh, he geeks on it. Yeah, there is that. But then there's the the, the thing where. He's down and everything, and, and Captain America like asks him like, "Where are you from?" He's like, "I'm from Queens," and he's like, or, "No, yeah." He's like, "I'm from Queens," and he goes, "I'm from Brooklyn," and he like takes off and runs away. And I was like, "That's awesome." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the last one, of course, had a Star Wars reference, and that's yes, the one that I fucking, fucking so awesome. freaked out on that because you knew as soon as he started saying, "Hey, did anyone ever see Empire Strikes Back?" I flipped the freak out because I knew what he was about to do. And he shoves the, you know, sprays the web around giant man's legs until he like fell over it. Oh my God, dude, <laughs> that was awesome. Cause that's when they're like, who is this kid? Like, what is he talking? I love about? the fact that they just kept talking throughout the whole fights, everything. Like they're just talking and talking. And t- I mean, there's like, you know, the situation is dire, right? I mean, that's the point where they're just like, all right, we're going to do, we're actually going to fight each other. And um, the fights get the fighting gets more brutal and brutal and brutal. But there's like all these in between moments, like when Ant Man finally turns like to Giant Man, and Iron Man like is like pissed off, but he's like, "So, is anybody on our team has any fucking secret like ability that could help us right now, <laughs> like that nobody knew about?" You know, shit like that. And then there's that part where um, uh, uh, the Winter Soldier is webbed down along with um, Falcon. Mm-hmm. And the Winter Soldier's like, why don't you do that from the beginning? And the Falcon just says, I hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they're laying there all beat up. Yeah, because, because yeah. the purpose I, – I, you know, I didn't know. Like I guess the purpose of that fight is those people were trying to get to the hangar to steal the ship and fly away. You know, right, and, right. and so, they're, so they have to like get past these people to get there. And so it kind of made the, – the fighting made sense in so many different ways. It wasn't just I got to get to the ship. It was also kind of pissed at you because you're going against what I believe in, you know. And and it, it wasn't malicious like we're going to kill you kind of thing. But it does get to a point where something awful happens toward the end of that fight where, you know. And I love that, I love that part because 
because there, if you've read the comic books, Vision and Scarlet, which uh, either end up together or get married, I can't remember which one, but they do they do end up being a couple. And you kind of see that in the very beginning while Vision is trying to um, do these things where like it's um, uh, he's making that dish from her home uh, home country or whatever. Yeah. Um, so when she gets knocked down um, in the fight, he goes to her aid. And even though they're on opposite sides at that point, they were on opposite sides at that point too. Yes, you're right. And because he's distracted for his, like, he doesn't know what, but he's obviously falling for her. Um, he doesn't concentrate, misses Falcon and ends up shooting Rhodey. Yes. Uh, War machine. And that fucking part was brutal too. Oh my gosh. They showed the whole fucking fall and Iron Man and both Falcon went after him. Yeah. So that was it was it was worse than what you thought it was going to be like you just thought he got shot in the chest. No. He got shot in the chest and fell like 2000 feet. Yeah. Um yeah, I thought, "Oh my god, he's dead." I I'm like, "Oh my god, Marvel did kill him in the commercial." <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> right. And he was barely alive, but yeah, you felt that. And then and then like the fact that they, you know, that all those other people got captured and got put in that jail. You know, that was pretty sucky, too. They're all just sitting in there and, you know, and he's visiting them going, Iron Man's visiting him going like, sorry, it had to come to this, but you guys broke the law. So, you know, right. like, but that's at the point where he finds out, he finds out that Bucky was set up the whole time by Zemo. Um, yeah. So let's talk about. So, so, well, let's go to the last action sequence okay, okay. because there's a scene in there that I fucking geeked out at, too. Um, so the, the hangar scene. Probably the best 17 minutes of oh my superhero eye candy I've ever fucking yes. seen. And then the last fight scene, the whole plot is revealed. You find out Zemo's been getting to this point where all he wants to do is have the Avengers destroy themselves from inside yes. out. And the fight that you see that basically had every fanboy geeking out in the first trailer was Bucky and Captain America fighting Iron Man, team working, using the shield. So that fight is more brutal than you could possibly yes, imagine. And it is very um, emotional because the cat, what, what starts that fight. I mean, basically Iron Man figures out that Zemo pulled all the strings. So he goes to Siberia or wherever that is to, uh, to help Captain America. Yeah. To time. help Captain America. He gets there and he tells cap and Bucky's like, um, okay, you know, I figured out that, you know, Bucky wasn't the one to kill these people. And I figured all this stuff out that Zemo's doing this. Let me help you out. And then he sees the video like Zemo shows him the video. Right. So the main plot, the main point of this whole thing was not to frame Bucky, but it was to get the Avengers to start fighting themselves and to finally put the cherry on the cake, which is letting Iron Man know or Tony Stark know that it was the Winter Soldier who killed his parents. Yes. And that's when it just goes pure violence yes because he acts he looks he looks over at captain america and he's like did you know this and he's like he's like he's like it's not that simple And he's like no did you know this and he's like yes and then he's just like he just smacks him and just goes to town you know just yeah and and this is a different side of tony stark that i wish we saw in like an iron man 3 um and that plot sucked in Iron Man three, but this is what I thought we were going to get in Iron Man three. There's a, there's a, there's a plot. I don't remember the title or the story arc um, in the comic books, but it, 
Tony Stark uh, deals with alcoholism in yes. in the comic books, and I thought that's kind of what they were trying to go for in Iron Man three, but kind of failed miserably in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, the emotion that he shows in Captain America: Civil War is awesome because it's a side of, of Tony Stark that you've never seen before. He's on a roller coaster the whole time. He's basically broken up with Pepper Potts. Um, he's alone. Um, he's guilted crazily by that woman um, by the elevator. Yes, that shows him picture. That shows him the picture of his son, that her son that was killed at in Sokovia. Yes, and then all of a sudden you fucking find out that now the guy that you thought you know was the assassin or whatever, now he's not the assassin. You you've come to grips that you were wrong, so you're helping him, and now all of a sudden you find out that this person killed your parents, and he just fucking loses it. Yeah, like he's he just goes, oh my god, coaster. his eyes and his, his facial expression, and everything, and you can see Captain America going, oh shit. Like, damn it, yeah, like, calm down, calm down. And, like, he just, oh, man. Yeah, the emotion that he shows is just crazy. And then he says that I line mean, that the really. The Winter Soldier, yeah. He uh, says that line that really got me. He didn't say, you killed my parents. He's like, you killed my mom. Right. You know? Like, it, yeah, I mean, like, his dad died. I'm sure that hurt and all that stuff. He wasn't really that tight with his dad. But the fact that he killed his mom, that was just like, that broke my heart. Because, like, he was so upset. It's like, you killed my mom. Right. Just like, I mean that that fuck man that fight was brutal. I mean, yeah, didn't I mean, he shoot off? Didn't he shoot? What's off, his name's arm? Yeah, he off? fucking robocop. <laughs> he fucking robocopped his arm. Um, like uh, <sighs> he he blew it straight off with his chest, his uh, um, chest cannon. I don't know what that's called, but um, but the part that the part that I fucking geeked out for that was like the best shot in the entire movie comic book come to life was when Iron Man shot his repulsor cannons right into Captain America's shield and it slows down for the fucking yes. cover of Civil War right then and there in live action on a giant IMAX screen in 3D for me and I was like I just like I just like said like I don't know if anybody heard me but I was like oh fuck like, like yeah it, it, it was it, amazing. that was really you know it reminded me of what George Lucas tried to do in episode three with Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan they did that really silly like throwing the lightsaber like back and forth back and forth and then they hit each hit it and right like standing there yeah. like holding it and then they force push each other and I was like it looks so stupid because yeah, there's the no reason for them it. to swing the lightsaber like that yeah but this when that happened and then like you know Captain America's got him dead to right. he's beating the shit out of him and then like and then he talks to his what is it called friday now because he doesn't have jarvis anymore right it's like friday or victoria something like that he tells her like to to um to study his fighting pattern and then it like programs his suit to like fight him back prop like be able to fight him back you know what i mean like yeah he he tells the suit like hey we're getting our ass kicked like study his moves and then and then all of a sudden he started fighting him back and he's beating the shit out of him and that's when he says that line that he said before in the previous movies, you know, I can do this all day. Right. And that's and when Bucky saves his ass. Which was a great throwback line. Yeah, that's when Bucky saves his ass, and that's when he turns the tide once again. And basically, like, you know, Tony Stark has Fuck, a... Dude, Tony Stark has a, Yeah, Tony Stark has a machine. Like, he, he, he yes. is a giant machine, basically. So when he's punching Captain America, who is a super soldier, by the way, um, yeah. it's he still bleeds like a normal person. Um he heals a lot faster, but he still bleeds like a normal person. Um, and he beats the fuck out of Captain America. But for Captain America yeah. to go almost like ape shit and basically rip the fucking mask off of Iron Man and basically tear him to shreds, 
Oh, that yeah. That was fucking he, he awesome. Beat, he smashed his, yeah, he smashed his suit and smashed his helmet off and then, like, took his shield and smashed it right into the core of the, the suit. And it just, like, went, brrr, <laughs> like, he couldn't move. He could barely move around. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, that's, I yeah, mean, those, those are all the action sequences. Those are the things that we were just, like, God damn, this movie's fucking awesome. I mean, there's so many, like, little in-between action sequences, too, that were really good. But those are the major three, like, the, the beginning of the movie, the middle of, well, that's towards the end of the movie, actually, the the, the hangar fight, or the, the airport fight, and then the final fight between um, Iron Man, Bucky, and Captain America just topped it off. I like how it resolved, too. You know, Black Panther uh, actually followed them. God, fuck, he's got his own ship, dude. He's like a Tony Stark of Africa. He's got, like, (laughs) billions of dollars, and he's like, yeah. But, like, what fuels him is, like, you know, his dad, we called it, his dad from, you know, Wakanda, his dad died in an explosion um, that was blamed on uh, Bucky. Right. And, uh, you know, again, Captain Zemo's pulling all the strings. Or... uh, Colonel Helmet Zemo. We'll just say Zemo. Yeah. And um, uh, so Black Panther, uh, you can see him kind of show up. Right. He stops Zemo. He stops him. Like Zemo's going to commit suicide. Right. He stopped him. And he's like, no, you're going to go to jail. This is bullshit. Yeah. And then basically Avengers are done. Um, And then basically it ends with um, Captain America breaking out the rest of the Avengers, which I'm guessing that those are the new Avengers. Um, that he's yes. about to form and basically gives Tony a disposable cell phone and says, call me if you need us. So like, yeah, it, it's kind of, it's kind of ended and, and, and you could see Tony kind of smirk a little bit because he, you know, like, I, I don't think that they're still going to be as bad probably, but he, he did kind of smirk a little bit. Um, there's two end credit scenes. So hopefully if you yes. watched the movie, you stayed for the both of them because I did the mid I did. Well, I know you did. <laughs> there's no doubt that you did. I just oh like, yeah. Uh, Hopefully everyone else did. did. So there's two. There's the um, the mid credit scene one. That's the one where you find out that it's Black Panther who um, is doing the favor of getting Bucky, um, trying to help Bucky by basically freezing him until they can get the basically like the trigger words out of his head, so that he yeah. doesn't become an yeah, assassin. <laughs> Which is kind of smart because. Uh, it's the only place that they could probably house him and and be protected and safe. Yeah, and it also op- it kind of opens up a you know a, again the MCU the way they're designing everything is they all can play in each other's playgrounds. You know they can all right yeah you know connect and and everything like that. So by putting Bucky in Wakanda in a frozen thing, it's like oh badass. Like at some right. point he's going to come out of there. And even Captain America said like if they find out he's here, they're coming for him. Just so you know. And he's like, he's all let them, t- let them try. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, what about that? Okay, the last one was Spider Man, but I wanted to ask you because so the the, the way the the end one is is that Spider Man has this tech that Tony Stark gave him, and it's like this bracelet thing, and it's shooting this uh, beam up into the ceiling, you know, but you don't see what it is. And then Aunt May comes in and he hides it, and then she's like, you know, he had mentioned that he had gotten, you know, he got beat up by a bully or something like that. Cause that's the only way he can explain his black eye. And she's like, gives him a thing, an ice pack. And then she walks out of the room and then he looks back at the ceiling and then it shows like basically like the Spider-Man symbol on the ceiling, but all this like tech around it, like the right. watch is projecting up onto the ceiling. What? I, I didn't what think that, that was watch? the, I didn't think that was a watch. I thought that was his web shooters. Oh, it's a new web shooter. But why would it project like a spider symbol on the ceiling? 
I'm trying to figure that we're out. Missing something. I know we're missing something there, uh, and I, yeah, I'm have there's to do something there. I'm just that, not. But... I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really think about it too much until you just said it. So I know we're missing something. And then, and then it said, of course, when, once that ended, it said Spider-Man will return, and everyone in the theater went nuts because, like, that was one of their favorite parts. Like, it's one of my favorite parts is just yeah. Spider-Man in there, and the introduction of you know all the the new characters. Um, the two, the two superhero characters. So, holy fuck, Black Panther. I mean, oh my God, dude, they got the perfect guy for that. Yeah. I, mean, I was thinking the same thing amazing. as the first time he spoke, even before he was Black Panther, when he was talking to Scarlett Johansson or uh, Black Widow, I was like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, this guy can act, you know, like, yeah. which, which I'm pretty sure most of the people that they get in Marvel movies are really good at what they do. And they got the perfect guy. Like that guy is Black Panther. There's no fucking yes. guy in my mind. That oh my god! And now I can't wait to see his yeah. movie with Ryan Coogler, Creed director, directing that. Oh my oh, god! I cannot I mean, wait. I mean, that was already kind of psyched. I was already kind of psyched to see Black Panther. But if you're a Black Panther fan, and I never really were, was, if you're a Black Panther fan, I mean, I'm not, but I am now. Like, I want to go yes. back and read all the comic books because that iteration of Black Panther, he looked fucking badass. He was fucking awesome. They they could not have gotten a better person for Black Panther. I mean, that yeah. guy was so fucking good. Perfect across the board, man. He, he was so he, good. He portrayed like confidence. He portrayed like royalty, like all in one fucking like. I mean, he's barely on screen talking ever. You know, like so. I don't know how much of it is CG when he's fighting. That suit fucking kicks ass, though. Um, he's he's like if you put Captain America and Tony Stark together. You know, because he's mm. super rich, but he's not like cocky, like Iron Man cocky. He's just cocky enough, you know, but he's got like integrity and honor and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think his cockiness leans towards more towards like confidence rather than cockiness. Yes. Which is what yeah, Stark absolutely. Is. But it's, he portrayed Black Panther so well. And that suit, my God. And when the, when he when he first shows up and his claws pop out, I was like, yeah. holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah, everything um, in this movie, uh, everything in every introduction of a new character is really great. Um, so moving on to the bigger, the bigger one that everybody was fucking waiting for, which we already touched on, was Spider Man. Yes, um, I, I think now, they got. I think they got a great kid for it. He doesn't look like <clears throat> he doesn't look like a chiseled type like Hollywood person. You know, um, I love what they did with his hair. Um, I love his rhetoric with Tony Stark too. He was right on point. I mean, I'm sure that was scripted, but a lot. Of, it felt so natural that it felt almost like it was like improv. He did. He really held his own. Um, that actor is actually a really good actor. He really held his own with Tony, and it really. This is kind of my favorite Spider-Man so far. I mean, I really can honestly say that this is my favorite um, version of Spider-Man. Just like Mark Ruffalo knocked it out of the park as as Banner and Hulk, this guy knocked it out of the park as Spider-Man. I mean, everything like the the banter, the the wonderment, you know, being a kid. Um, still figuring stuff out, um, yeah. you know, all the little witty remarks and all that stuff. And did you notice that he kind of had an accent? Like he was from Queens, right? Right. Like they they portrayed him, he's from Queens, and he like he sounded like he was from Queens. And yeah. I was like, wow, they really like – because like Andrew Garfield, he was a Brit, you know, that they put in, you know, in Spider-Man. And then like – but he's from New York but still didn't really – he just sounded like a normal kid. And then, like, you know, Tommy McGuire just sounded like Tobey Maguire. But this kid, like, 
he actually had a little bit of an accent and I was like, this is awesome. And, um, but anyway, uh, and the suit, everything was, was phenomenal. Yeah. I, there, there's probably not one thing I didn't like about Spider-Man. The second he walked into the door and started speaking, I was like, holy fuck, that's Peter Parker. Yeah. Like, not that like, but I was like, oh my God, that's Peter. Like, that's the Peter Parker that I always pictured in the comic books. You know, yes. like not to take away from anything Andrew Garfield did, because I did like his version of Spider-Man. You know, I definitely like the early versions of the, the Spider-Man and the Sam Raimi versions, but but it was never really like there were certain parts of the you know when you see Spider-Man swinging, of course that's the Spider-Man you picture. But I never really got that Peter Parker was Peter Parker in any of the movies because right they were either twenty-eight or fucking thirty years old when they were doing the movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. So now I, they it, can do now they could do Spider-Man for a while with this kid and show him grow. Like the the people at Marvel have such an awesome way of of developing these characters cuz Captain America is still developing after 5 movies, you know. Robert Downey right. Jr.'s character is still developing. Like everybody whether it's the tech or the uh the emotions or the character development, all that stuff, it increases each movie. They're all growing. They're all going this certain direction. And so now that they got Spider-Man at such a young age, they could actually grow that character. Like each movie, it's something new, something, you know, different. Well, like, like, I, I think I, well, I, I do think by the time they hit the second Spider-Man movie, he'll be 21. So he will get into that issue. Of, yeah. Yeah. Of being too old, but, but I, I cannot wait for the next for the Spider Man movie because that kid, man, that kid was good. I mean, to hold yeah, his own, he was really hold good. his own against all those other actors. Like, it was just great. It's smart because um, they said that Robert Downey Jr. will be in uh, Spider Man Homecoming. I think it's very smart that you have that element of like it just keeps the universe going. It's like not a, I mean, I'm sure Spider-Man will be like a standalone film, but at the same time, there's going to be some element on it in it that is a continuation of the, of the MCU or, you know, it's going to fit, you know, the, the piece is going to fit real nicely in there. And so, um, I'm just really stoked the way Marvel is doing everything. They're just doing a bang up job. And I just hope that DC kind of follows, just stop thinking about things and start, start, just doing like pulling out from the comic books and really paying attention to character development and that kind of stuff and hiring the right writers and hiring the right people because I mean, Marvel's just doing it right every single time, you know, every single time. And so, so the next, so the next new comic book character is a villain, which is Zemo, who is the the puppeteer for the entire movie. Yes. Basically moving this plot along. And what did you think of him? Because it, as far as a villain goes, I wasn't like I think if I was to nitpick about the movie, I had two problems with the movie, and the two problems I had with the movie were both quote unquote the villains, which is Crossbones. I had a problem with because there was a big you know hype for him coming back into this movie, and he basically is in it for five minutes and he's killed, and then and then Zemo is not the same as he is in the comic books. Right, he's not. He's more I think foreboding and and dangerous in the. Um in the original comic, but, but at the same time, I was like, this is kind of what Lex Luthor should have been <laughs> a little more. Cause this guy oh, was like, yeah. this guy's really, point. really intelligent. So, okay. So let's start with crossbones. Okay. So I, at first I was a little bit upset with crossbones cause I was like, I felt like they were just throwing him in there for whatever reason. 
And then, and then the more I thought about it as the movie went along, I said, no, this is kind of like, you know, you watch a James Bond movie. Captain America is like James Bond. You watch a James Bond movie. They always have an action sequence in the beginning that, that either is separate from the rest of the movie or it ties in perfectly for the rest of the movie. And so Crossbones was just kind of, they, they brought him in there just to kind of facilitate the, the shit storm that was going to start happening in the movie. So I, I didn't have a problem with it. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, they, they brought him back and, and the battle was pretty cool. The whole beginning was pretty cool. Totally reminded me of a whole James Bond thing. Like, like it was short of like having a song, you know, after that action sequence, I would have been like, Oh, that's like a James Bond movie. Cause it just, it was started out with a mission and crossbones just happened to be the guy that they were fighting against. Kind of like in, um, Batman, the dark Knight. I think at the beginning, didn't they fight, uh, wasn't the scarecrow, scarecrow popped up again? Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just, he was just in there. He was in there and they, they did a fight sequence and that reintroduced the dark Knight to everybody and all that, whatever. So I didn't have a problem with him. Zemo, you know, he's very different from the comics. Um, I didn't really have much of a problem with him except for he just wasn't in it a whole lot. So the plot with Zemo, I didn't feel was um, convoluted at all. I kind of liked, um, I understood his motivation. You know, it had to do with um, the collateral damage of his parents being killed. Actually, no, it was his, uh, his dad. He said his dad was holding his wife and his kid under the rubble, like when he went right, to search right. for them, which is heartbreaking. Like you can understand his plight and understand why he would um, come after them. And then he also said, like, he's like, there was no way I could beat you. There's no way I can come at you and beat you like a normal person. You know, I, I can't do that. So I had to do it this way. And then you're like, okay, like I, I get, so basically he was kind of like Alex Luther. He was a supervillain, you know, in, in that he was using his intelligence and using a way, you know, to, um, to get them to fight against each other. And, and I thought, you know, using the b book at the beginning where, um, you have to say the certain words to get Bucky to kind of ape, you know, go berserker and everything. And so, you know, that was one thing I was kind of like, okay, I, I guess like maybe they brainwashed him. I, it's, you kind of have to like, you know, kind of shut your brain down for a second and go, all right, well, uh, okay. I guess that's okay. You know, the brainwash thing. Other than that, like I thought, I mean, he did everything he needed to do. The, the, the battle was mostly between the superheroes against each other. And he was just kind of the, uh, the, the catalyst or the, whatever you got it. Uh, I don't know the thing that kind of pushed that forward and, and it, and it really fucked the team up because even at the very end, you know, they're, they're fucking still pissed off and upset and like it never, nothing's going to be the same. So <clears throat> my problem or not my problem, but he, he wasn't like a, a typical villain in, in the movie, which I guess is good and bad. Mm -hmm. But what actually gets me excited about it is that, when I was thinking back to the comic books, um, he's not his father because his father is actually the first Baron Zemo. He's the second. Mm -hmm. He's this uh, this Helmut or whatever you say his first name. Um, this Zemo is a different version than the comic books. <coughs> he's not a. Yes. Um, he's not a um, a scientist really. Um, he's actually a soldier in this, right? I believe he, he led some kind of special ops team or something like that. Um, I think so. Yeah. But 
So what I was thinking about him, because obviously, I, well, it's not obvious, but my speculation is that he actually comes back later on and forms um, the Masters of Evil. Um, and what that is, is in the comic books, there's two versions of it. Basically what it is, is like a B version of the the Legion of Doom, basically for, for Marvel. Yes. So there's not a lot of people in the, <laughs> in the Masters of Evil, and this goes to show you like how B characters, how big of a B characters the Avengers actually are, because like in, in the... In the couple, the two iterations of Masters of Evil, there's like the Black Knight, there's the Executioner, yes. Radioactive Man, um, um, but what's what? There's a couple of names in there that kind of kind of stand out. Um, three of them actually. Ultron is one of them. The fifth iteration of Ultron is one of them, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure they're going to yes. bring that back. But two names really stood out. Which one of them was Claw, which you see in Avengers Two. Yes, and the other major one that they have in the first iteration of Masters of Evil is Enchantress. Now, why that's a big name for? Oh, I forgot about her. Why that's a big name is because she plays a major role in Thor Ragnarok in the comic book version of that. Yes. So I'm guessing my speculation here um, is that in 2016, I'm calling it that Zemo somehow forms like some kind of Legion of Doom. And that's like the beginning for phase four where he is forming, oh. he's forming his own, he's forming the masters of evil to fight against the Avengers. Oh, that would be really super cool, man. That would be, so really that's what I'm thinking cool. would be happen. That's my guess. That's my guess because, because of the two names there, the claw that they've introduced for like later on for black Panther. <clears throat> and then they have the enchantress who, might or might not show up in Ragnarok uh, next year. So I, I'm I'm wondering if 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 this Zemo is the one who puts together this Masters of Evil to go after the Avengers. Oh my god, that would be pretty amazing. Well, right now, you know, he's just he's in a box, some you know, in that in that prison. And um, yeah, but this is this is comic book world, and you know, he'll get out. Well, he's not dead, people, so. so he could play another part later on. And What'd you think of, um, there's one other character we didn't talk about, and I mean, he just had a very short role, but Martin Freeman um, played, uh, oh, right. yeah. you know, kind of the, I don't know, is he a warden or something? Or uh, um, I forget what he called himself. He actually says who he is in it. Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't catch it, but so he's um, now in the Marvel Universe, which I love that actor. And he actually played, played it pretty straight. Um, and so, because uh, yeah. usually he's goofy in all the, the movies that he does, but uh he played it pretty straight. And I just, I loved, you know, everybody was just amazing in this film. Just everybody, you know, Paul Rudd, when he, he geeks out on Captain America, you know, Ant-Man geeks out on Captain America and all the other superheroes. And he's kind of like trying to help them too, you know, and um, everybody was great. Um, so we did the pre-Civil War movie, um, Civil War uh, podcast last week yes we made a few predictions so let's see what we got right well okay so first of all i predicted that agent carter would die and i was right but i don't think that was a big mystery um yeah, we predicted that it would be um t'challa's uh, father that died we were right about that yeah we got that although we got it in a different way like we didn't know we thought that was the catalyst for the whole thing but it wasn't that was just uh no collateral damage later in the movie. 
still pretty emotional yeah. though. Like you could just in that scene, the, the scene between Black Panther and his dad, that very short scene, you got right away the relationship. And so right. when he dies, you feel horrible. You're like, oh shit, you know. It's not like they spent all picture putting those two guys together and seeing the relationship. They did it in five minutes, and you still were emotional about it. Um, so there's that. I'm trying to think what else we got. What else did we get? Well, right? the other thing that – well, the one thing that we got wrong or I got wrong was I thought there was going to be a major death. And so when the, when uh, Rhodey like hit the ground, I thought he was dead. I was like, oh, shit. They killed Rhodey. Like, Okay. And then when they just said, oh, well, he might be paralyzed, I was like, okay, well, maybe that's the third casualty. It was like he didn't necessarily die, but he got trashed, you know. And so I was like, well. I thought it was going to be Captain America at the end of the movie when Iron Man turned the tide in the fight. I thought it was going to be Captain America. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, see, there, there it goes to show that you care about these characters so much, even though you're like, well, I know he's contracted for Affinity Wars, but you don't really – you still, like, have that tension. You know, where you're like, oh, no, shit, they might kill him off, you know. So, oh, man, just really, like, it's crazy watching these people fight each other and how emotional it is and how in- right. invested we are as an audience, you know, care about these characters. So I know so I, got, I got Agent 36 wrong. It's actually Agent 13, not 36. Okay. Last week. Oh, how about um, that? Yeah, they then, finally made yeah. out. He was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. Great scene in that one, too, that the – the um part where he tells him to move over um a little bit oh that was hysterical yeah they're in the car and like he kisses he kisses her and he turns and looks in the car and they're they're both like smiling at him that was so fucking funny (laughs) they did some like really funny bits like that um uh what else did we get i mean what did we get oh there is one thing um so i i made a meme last week about and it's just, I just was just kind of joking around, but it was like a picture of Iron Man talking to Captain America. And I, and I wrote the caption, um, uh, give me back that shield that my daddy made that. And then, and then Captain America says, uh, you know, come get it, which was a line from, you know, Force Awakens. And I'm watching, I'm watching the end of Civil War and, and Captain yeah, America right. is carrying Bucky and they're walking away and Iron Man goes, that shield does not belong to you. My daddy made that like drop, leave it behind or something like that. And he dropped it behind. And I got so fucking giddy because I'm like, wow, I, I, I had no idea that was going to happen, but it made me giddy because I made up that meme last week. So I got, I started laughing. I was like, Oh, I got a text Vic. That's so awesome. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that wasn't a prediction. That's basically but, it. Yeah. Those are it for our predictions. And, I think we should probably end with the the different well now that we've seen the movie um the things that I that I saw that were different between the comic books and the 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 movie itself yes um there's no there's no puppeteer basically there's no there's no Zemo or anybody in the comic books that's driving the entire plot no um there's no cyborg killer like there's no cyborg thor or somebody who takes the place of cyborg Thor to kill somebody else. In fact, they, they um, mentioned that's replaced uh, with Vision. They mention um, Thor and and Hulk in this too, right? Like right. he says, "Where's Where's Thor? Where's Hulk? Where are they?" And they were both like, "I, I don't right. know." They didn't. But it's actually it's actually Vision that takes the place of Thor. Yes, who does the made most damage with that shot that he missed Falcon with and ends up hitting uh, Rhodey. Yes, um, 
the ending is definitely different. It's and like we said last week, the, the comic book ends in Steve Rogers just giving up, or Captain America just saying, "This is not, this is we're, we're causing more damage than doing good." And in this one, it ends with an actual Captain America actually beats Iron Man in a fight and walks away. Um, so that's a major different point. Essentially, become the A right. team, and and uh, Captain America is Hannibal. Yes, and then <laughs> what? What the major thing that I thought was, um, as much as I loved Spider-Man in this movie, and fucking A, that I love Spider-Man in this movie, the biggest difference is that Spider-Man does not play a pivotal role in this in this movie at all. No. If you take Spider-Man out of this movie, I don't think he turns the tide as much. No. I mean, as, the, as the action sequences the would be less cool, but... <laughs> yeah, they would be less cool. Um, they would have to find a new way to take down Giant Man, but... As far as the the impact that Spider Man has on the MC on the Marvel universe in, in the comic books, um, he doesn't play that kind of pivotal role here. He's he's more of we need help on our team. We need we need more numbers. Yeah, he's only Spider Man for six months, and I think in the comic book he had been Spider Man for a while, and he was well respected superhero by then. Right. So those are the those are the major differences that I thought about. And for this, of course, there's no Reed Richards, there's no Fantastic Four, there's no Sue Storm that play a major role in it, there's no Punisher um, saving Spider-Man's ass, there's nothing like that here, which, of course, is understandable. Yeah, there's no um, supernatural but, but aspect as far as of the it. Major, yeah, as far as the major aspects of the movie, um, those were the big things that I thought um, were different from this amazing I, fucking movie. I, I thought they did it better in the movie. I really, I mean, it just made sense. Everything they did made sense. You know, it's like they, it's almost like they looked at the end and then decided, let's, let's uh, retrace our steps backward. Let's Tarantino this thing back and figure out how to get to the end. And they just constructed such a really wonderful story that, and they made this movie, what, like two and a half hours long or something. It's really long, but it doesn't feel long. Yeah. It went by you know fast. What the ending thought, you know what I thought about with the ending? Um, it, it made me think of The Watchmen, which ironically is a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, because yeah. In, the, in the comic book, in the comic book, the ending of the movie like is this like giant squid that attacks like Manhattan. Yes. I'm like, are you really gonna put that in the fucking movie? Like if they put in that if they put that in the movie, that's just that's that's bad. Like there's certain things you can do in a comic book or in a book that you can't do in a movie because you're just gonna take people out of the fucking movie. Right. So Zack Snyder and the screenwriters and everybody actually did a good thing for once. Um, in a Zack Snyder movie, and they altered the ending of that and took the giant squid or whatever it was out of the movie and changed the changed the ending, which worked better right. for, for for a movie anyway. Yeah. So in the, so when I when I, we were thinking about this, I think we talked about this last week. We're like, well, how the fuck are they going to end the movie? I hope they don't end it where he just gives up and just fucking gets arrested because that would just suck balls, like on screen. You know, that's just not. It wouldn't play well on screen in a comic book. Yeah. Because next month you're going to come out with another comic book. Right. It's not a big deal. But they could have ended they could've, that way. They could have just ended with a big giant squid. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what, what the fuck? <clears throat> oh, they, consult, they like, consulted Snyder. <laughs> yeah. He's like, put that, so, put that big squid in there. John Peters. Yeah, <laughs> a giant spider. <laughs> um, so they, they definitely did a, a better job in the ending with this versus the comic book um, uh, with the ending. Because there was resolution at this. Kind of, kind of resolution because the 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 basically this version of the super Regist- superhero registration act is still going on, 
because right. General and, Ross and still wants to win. At the else. end, you're you're left going as an audience member going, where the fuck are they going to go from here? Because it's while it is resolved, it's not resolved. I mean, it's still like it's changed everything now. Right. In Marvel There's no Avengers it's anymore. Changed everything. There's no Avengers anymore. So anything that happens from now, from here on out, there is no superhero team to there save anybody because you have, you know, Iron Man's team now works for the government. So when government calls them, then they go. They can well, go. There is no action. Iron Man team, right? It's just Vision, because Rhodey's done. Rhodey's done. Like he's paralyzed. So the only one left on his team is Vision. That's it. Ah, that's. Or did Vision already leave with Scarlet Witch? Yeah, that's true. Actually, you didn't get to see that. So I think it's just Iron Man. Yeah, I, there is no Avengers. That whole facility was the whole facility was emptied. Yeah, that's right. It was all emptied out. So you know who knows? Like I don't know where they're going to go from there. But now you know you got Ross is going to be like all pissed off and chasing people down again. So it's yeah, but that but but Cap Cap's team is way stronger now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, the the next few movies that are coming out is uh, well, we got Doctor Strange coming out, and then we've got uh, November Spider Man yep. and Guardians of the Galaxy next year, and right. and Ragnarok. I think so. There's like three Marvel movies next year. I think. Yeah, we got. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a great time to be a comic book fan or a nerd. Oh. Well, and then uh, and then it's Black Panther and then Infinity Wars. So yeah, it's. They're really just oh my god! I, I I don't mind waiting waiting for these movies to come out. I mean, it doesn't seem like a lot of time goes by, and there and there's another Marvel movie out. It, things go by pretty quickly, and and I'm 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 happy for that, and I'm glad that uh, they're taking their time and really developing these characters and these stories. I mean, they take very great care in these things, and you see some of the other studios like Fox, you know, and even Sony at one point. I mean, I think Sony kind of went, Hey, let's give Spider-Man back. That was the smartest thing they could ever do. Yeah. And I swear to God, Fox should take heed and go, Hey, um, help us out with fantastic four. Cause we just can't fucking do it. We can't crack the code. Yeah. You've tried X-Men. X-Men is kind of its own thing. Yeah. X-Men is, you is know? the only non-Marvel, uh, non-Marvel, uh, I don't know franchise that that uh that does pretty well brian singer is a good director um he knows how to tell a good story even though he takes liberty with the 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 x-men universe um yeah x-men storylines and the x-men canon well there's no um consistency or or any kind of like continuity or anything like that anymore it's just all it's just each movie's going from thing to thing well no i mean that's not true because first class kind of reset the whole thing and then days of futures past kind of rewrote and undid everything fucking what's his face undid the, the last stand brett, yeah uh, brett ratner um you know undid everything ratner fucked up so that's a good thing because x-men one and two are still probably two of the best comic book movies ever made oh yeah um, the second one is so good well i'm not sure oh, looking so back on the first one it's a little dated but the second one still stands still holds up really well yeah um x-men three it's is just really, a really piece good. of shit um and days of futures past is really good because but I think the X-Men are kind of like overlooked because of how good the Marvel Universe is, the cinematic universe, I mean. Because I mean, cause Apocalypse, Apocalypse comes out in two weeks and nobody's really talking about it, really. I mean, we haven't even I, talked about I'm really about afraid it. for that movie. We haven't. I'm afraid for that movie because, because the Civil War is just, oh my yeah. God, it's – I don't but, know, but man. Like wait if, a minute. If, what, uh, didn't Days of Futures Past come out last year and then what was what – was Two the, years ago. Two, was it two years ago? What was what yeah. was out two years ago? Was it Age of Ultron? 
No, no, no. Age of Ultron was last year. So what was there was another Marvel movie out around the same time as Days of Future's Past. It was it was Winter, Winter Soldier. Oh right. So both of those movies were fucking phenomenal. You know, so they're really good, but yeah. but this this Civil War, dude, it it feels like it's going to overshadow it, and and plus, I think Winter Soldier was like came out in April. It came out like two or three months before X Men, so there was like a pretty good sized gap. Yeah, but this is only two, two weeks. weeks yeah. Two weeks is not enough. It's good yeah, for it's fans. Not enough, but it's good for fans like me and you because I don't have to wait another. Oh month yeah, for sure. We're gonna go. We're we're gonna go watch it. We'd be like, yeah, but you know, other people might think like, oh man, like I don't know. Um, already just, I mean, there's all this, there's all this negativity online right now about, how you know, Marvel's just kicking DC's ass, blah, 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 all this stuff. Marvel's better or whatever. I, I really, honestly, majority of us don't think majority of us want both of them to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, we both, I mean, we, we want good movies. We don't, it's not one against the other, whatever. We are just all about geek and nerd culture. We want everything to be awesome. And so it's depressing when Batman v Superman should have done like $3 billion and just should have been the most amazing story ever. And it fell very fall, you know, very short of that. And then you have civil war, which again, the thing that Marvel keeps doing time and time again is pulling from the comics. And I just don't see DC doing that. I feel like they're, they're like, well, we'll take some story elements, but they're making everything up and, and, it's so like jumbled and convoluted and, and, and the character, the actors that they got and some of the characters don't mish, don't mash. And you look at Marvel and just every step of the way, they're just nailing it. It's like their casting director is like a genius. Keep putting in the right people. More importantly, and, they get the right screenwriters and directors. I mean, you shouldn't, I mean, Black Panther and Spider-Man for whatever, I mean, if you, someone would told me like, Hey, here's the script and I would read it. I'd be like, why are these people in this movie? Like we, we haven't seen these people before you need to put them in their own movies and then we'll put them in this movie. The way they did it was just so awesome. It didn't matter. Like black Panther to me stood out the most out of everybody. I mean, I like I love Spider-Man. Don't get me wrong, but I think black Panther, his presence was stronger was like it, it it it's almost as if he's been in the universe this entire time. Right. You know? Like I'm like, oh Black Panther wasn't in any other movie? Shit. He looks like he belongs here. You know, it's like Spider Man, while it didn't feel forced at all, not at all, it still felt a little bit like, oh shit, we got the rights back to him. Let's let's throw him in the movie quick, you know? Right. Um there's a little bit of that, but not so much that you you know it's so noticeable or something. It's still really well done. But Black Panther they put that motherfucker in from the beginning. You know it because he interweaves in that movie perfectly. And um, and we have next year to look forward to the Black Panther movie, the standalone. Uh, I think it's 2018. We got to wait two years. Oh, fuck me. Which sucks. But I, I'm so excited to see it because I never was a Black Panther fan. I didn't really know much about him. But this got me all turned around. And that's what Marvel does, man. They pull these characters out that you don't even give two shits about or never heard of or whatever. And you're a fan by the end of the movie. You're like, oh my God, I can't wait to see a standalone movie with this character. So hats off to Marvel, man. You did it just an amazing job. Russo Brothers did an amazing job. Yeah, way two thumbs up. Way, way fucking up. Way two thumbs up. Uh, I mean, if I had a third thumb, I'd put that up too. Um, go out. Two thumbs, some toes, a hard on, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Everything up. Everything's, everything's up. up. Everything's up. Um, so that's our review for Civil War. 
Um, I think we covered just about everything we wanted to cover, all the major points. Um, we cut every, we could have we could talk for five hours, folks. But you know we we know you don't have that kind of time. So <laughs> we have other movies. We have other movies coming up. But uh, yeah, that's uh, episode twenty three of Chew on This, a Nerd United podcast. I'm BJ. Nick. Chew on that. See you next time. Later. Thank you.